welcome to the Seven Figure Box Show. This is Andrew Frezza, joined by Coach Mo from Fit Town. And today we're gonna to be talking about should you fire or get to know your worst clients? And we see this a lot in the gym where coaches maybe develop a bad relationship with a client or they just have trouble starting a good relationship with a client and they can kind of tend to write those clients off or have difficulty getting through coaching and creating positive change with those clients. So we want to talk about our experience, share that with you guys and see where we can help on this topic. So Mo, can you kind of talk about what a bad or worse client could look like? What type of client? The first thing that I think of is someone who is in the back on their own and doesn't really want to talk to others, but that could be they're introverted. But also as a coach, you can really start to think, oh, maybe they just don't like me. So the quiet, maybe the more reserved client, um, that kind of leads into the client who maybe doesn't appear that they want to be coached. And so you start second guessing, why are they here? Should I still coach them? Um, so, and then even someone who isn't very receptive to your cues, or maybe you feel as a coach ignored. And then um, I don't run into this a whole lot, but someone who just doesn't respect the class or maybe you, or maybe causes other issues um, and is disruptive. So those are kind of the ones that I first think of as far as are worse, but at the same time, you can also have maybe a personal issue with someone or when I was newer I had a really like awkward encounter so I had to decide am I gonna totally like give up on this friendship and walk away or should I try again so those kind of weird issues where you're like is it just me or should I try again those are the people I think about too I thought it's interesting that you said that the disruptive person doesn't really happen that often to you and I, I want to spend some time on that because that's part of the reason why I wanted to bring you on to this episode is because I think you do a good job of getting to know typical bad clients or not as good clients and they actually create less problems in your classes. I think there's an element of that and I think there's also an element of you are not easily thrown off your game either. So what one coach might perceive as a disturbance in class, you just kind of let it roll off your back and you just keep going and delivering a great experience to the rest of the group. Um, can you can you talk about either one and and how that how you approach it? Yeah, I think it's really important to stay in control of your class obviously, but it comes down to not getting offended and not taking it personally if someone is ignoring your timeline or is literally not listening to you at the whiteboard, they're going to have to catch up and they're going to have to learn on their own. I don't necessarily take it on myself to even be like, approach them and be like, what's going on? Like, why are you being a jerk or something? <laughs> I still am just like a human to them and I still am their friend. And they're the ones that if I see something weird, I still make a point to let them know that they're so welcome here and that they're still really liked and they're accepted. And I think that can soften them, but also um, it can grab their attention because they know that they are respected, so that respect starts to, it doesn't happen automatically, but it starts to kind of come back to you. Um, I might have told someone like, okay, you can't 
you know, drop a barbell in my class if you're working off to the side. And I think that's the only time where I've told someone you can't do that. Otherwise, it's like, okay, make them feel awkward. Let, leave them behind because they're going to want to be part of the group at some okay. point. So I try not to, like, target them and make them feel terrible. Um, they're still part of the group. Yeah. I think the, the other thing you do really well is you connect with people daily and you kind of show them that, like, we're in this together. I'm on your side. You know, typically before class, I think you do a great job before class of connecting with members. I know with our coaches, whenever they presented me issues, the first thing I tell them is like, start spending more time with that person before class, because there's a good chance that person, if you just spent five minutes talking to them, there's a good chance that they're not going to be disruptive two minutes later when you're then trying to address the entire group. They want to like see you succeed, especially if you're very genuine about it. Um, and it takes time to build that relationship. It may not be the most fun thing the first day, but if you go in curious, I often find that you'll find out things about that person you actually do like and do want to know more about. Yeah, and seeing them as an individual with an outside life, you can. there's so many things that you can learn about them that will make you like them, um, not just how they're acting in that hour. And I really think that it has nothing to do with you, but flip it back and like make it all to do with them and how you can actually help them instead of telling them what to do. But it's almost like that leading by example, like just be a friend and they'll probably come around. Probably. Yeah. The framework that I always go back to is, is the emotional bank account and wanted to use this podcast to reintroduce that. Something we've talked about before, but basically an emotional bank account uh, between a relationship. So me and Mo, we have an emotional bank account between us. It is, where do you stand with that person in terms of the trust and the quality of that relationship? And just like a bank account, you can make deposits in that relationship. Just like a bank account, you can make withdrawals from that relationship. Deposits look like smiling at Mo, using her name, uh, being present with her when I'm in a conversation, helping her clean up her weights, checking in with her after a workout, checking in with her before a workout. Uh, telling her good job, giving her encouragements, giving her good cueing in the way that she likes to be cued and corrected and, and coach. All those things are deposits. And then on the withdrawal side, it's kind of the reverse of that, ignoring her or, you know, maybe I gave her coaching attention, but it didn't just, it didn't feel right. It didn't click. So I'm like, okay, I gave her time and attention, but it might have actually been seen more as a withdrawal than a deposit. Now I got to go back and make up for it with more deposits. And whenever those issues come up, when I'm assessing where a client is struggling or being disruptive, or I'm just not feeling like I'm getting through, I go back to that emotional bank account. Where do I stand with this member? How much time have I spent with them recently? How many times have I just given them these deposits? And a lot of times you can think back and be like, yeah, there hasn't been a lot of really positive stuff and there's a lot of room for improvement. Yeah. And like you said, the first time that you see them when they come into class, the first 10 minutes and then after class, those are like money-making times mm -hmm. to where you can, it, the habit is to hang out with your friends and like talk to people you're comfortable with. But those are the times where I force myself to go out and I pick the quietest person or I'm like, I still think there's a weird thing between us. I'm going to talk to you for like five minutes. And especially after a class, it's like the walls are down. You're going to hear a lot more from them. How did the workout go? Um, how's life going? And 
there is an open door. And so if you don't take advantage of that, you can stay in that cycle of, oh gosh, I'm still weird with this person. But if you're really concerned about, are they going to totally disrupt my class and destroy the mood, then um, before class is really the time. Like, make sure they know that they're seen and that they're that you're so happy for them to be there. And then get to know one thing about them and then tie it in. Make sure that you say goodbye to them when they leave. And so those are really opportune moments to just, like, in one day you can really... Like get a new friend. Yeah, you can shift an entire relationship in a day. In one day, yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting. The dynamic is different before class and after class. Before class is really setting you up for success in that 60 minutes to kind of break the ice. But really the deep connection is more likely to happen after class when some of those walls are down. Exactly. The one thing that I wanted to, this is something that came to me as I was doing the outline for this podcast and I found it so interesting. But... One way to assess how you're doing in this is that the longer you're at a job, the longer you're at a gym, part of a community, are you accumulating more of these problem clients or are you, you knocking down that list and having less problem clients? So like Mo recently started with us. Let's say we have 300 members in the gym, okay? Maybe the first week or two that she's coaching, there's 20 clients she doesn't feel like she has a good connection with. Over time, we want that number to be less. We want a year from now, Mo to only have three or four clients that that is, or hopefully zero, that would be the ideal goal. What we don't want, and what happens a lot, is coaches come in and there's that batch of 20 clients that they don't have a good connection with, and then a year goes by, two years goes by, and that list has now grown to 30 or 40 or 50 clients. And uh, there's an interesting saying, I think I heard it on the Tim Ferriss podcast, which is, if you run into an asshole in the morning, then you ran into an asshole. But if you run into assholes all day, then you're the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's a great way for coaches to get a little self-awareness, look within and be like, okay, if I'm actually, the more I've been at this gym, the more I'm coaching, I'm accumulating more people that I don't have a good connection with, that's on me. I have to change my approach because something's not working. Yeah, I think the timeline is super important because you can, if you don't, Put in the effort towards, say, these 20 people that you're like, uh, I don't know if they like me. If you don't put in the effort, the story in your head can just grow and just build to where every time you see them, that insecurity pops into your head. And if you don't attack it, like it will just stay there and it will probably get worse. And like you said, the maybe the number of people will grow instead of decrease. But if you can ignore the story or at least nip it in the bud as early as possible. Just try, if it doesn't work, try again the next time you see them. Um, Six months later, a year later, you might be their friend. And I think that's really important is to not let it go so long because that's when our mind starts really rooting in um, the, like this fantasy that it's not actually gonna ever work out. Yeah, that's, that's huge. And I think the hardest thing to do as a coach is to stay curious about that person, stay open with that person, and not let your guards go up because you feel that that person's guards are going up. Um, Another thing that I think is really key is not allowing yourself to vent to the rest of your coaching staff, or especially not other members, Um, but a lot of times coaches will vent to other coaches. They feel that they're doing it in a proactive way to solve the issue. Maybe it's to make sure that 
is this unique to me? Is this happening to others? They're trying to get reassurance from their other coaches. Um, but a lot of times that just continues to build and add to the story, build and add to those walls, those obstacles between you and that client. Um, and it doesn't really solve anything. And I'm actually reading a, a just finished a book. Um, I have to think of the name here. Originals is the name of the book. And they said something really interesting is they said venting as a general rule of thumb is, is thought to be something that helps the person feel better, but then also then often inflicts harm on who they vent to. But actually what the study showed in that book is that venting actually doesn't release anger. It only further develops that anger and resentment that you have towards that thing or person. So even for the person that's doing the venting, getting it off their chest, they're actually creating more anger and resentment because they're leaning into that. Yeah, I think that's huge. Your brain is looking for evidence to justify you know, your opinions and your feelings. So if it can latch on to, oh, they've seen it too, then I must be right. And then there's no need to change. Yeah. So I think um, having you know, a team and someone on your side is super important, but you gotta find that solution instead of letting it just circulate and circulate because you're, you're wanting to latch on to a justification, but that's only gonna deeper feed that, in, that resentment. Yeah. So there's an element of the emotional bank account, which is let's build that tr trust, let's build that relationship. There's another element where you have to draw the line and you have to you know, kind of hip check the person and put them back, not put them in their place, but just you have to have a difficult or uncomfortable conversation at times. And where what we just kind of brought up leads into this is that if you start to create so much story around it, you're gonna to start to feel like you're attacking the person's character as opposed to the action. And it's really important that we can make a correction based on an action versus trying to make this huge story about their character. And now that, that difficult conversation that really was not that difficult, it was just slightly uncomfortable, becomes this huge ordeal because you feel like you're attacking that person's character as opposed to the action. You know, it could be something as simple as someone dropping, you know, they're dropping kettlebells in class, right? And we don't want people to drop kettlebells. If you just attack it to that person right away and say, hey, you know, don't drop the kettlebells. If you're able to, to lift it, you should be able to set it down. And if you can't, just go a little bit lighter. You're attacking that issue, right? Whereas if you start to, if you ignore it and then you try to come back three days later attacking that issue and this issue and another issue, now it becomes this character thing rather than just about what happened. Yeah, I think the way you approach certain types of people is gonna make a big difference as well. Um, especially if you label everyone into the same blanket statement of you should never do this or you should never be late, but you don't know literally if they just had the worst day of their life, then how can you still get to know them and in that way, like get them on your side. So I think even the hard conversation, it's still understanding, it's still accepting them, but following through with like a bigger purpose. This is why we shouldn't do this, you know? Yeah. Instead of just being like, don't do this and don't do that. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's still the relationship is everything, whether they listen to you or whether they don't. And then if they don't, then you're either gonna say goodbye or they're gonna leave. Yes, which is where I kind of want to wrap this up is when is it a good time to go separate ways with clients? And I think we've seen it here where 
clients start to look a little bit entitled or maybe they grow out of the service and they don't realize it yet. I think that's probably the most common thing that happens is that the client's gone a little bit in one direction and the gym's evolved in a little bit of another direction and both are, are, are holding on to the original relationship and not really evolving. And sometimes those relationships end really poorly when they don't have to because it's really just a difference of of goals and process of how you want to attack those goals. So I think that personally comes back to the emotional bank account. If you stay connected to that person along their journey, then you can maybe help facilitate them going to working on working out on their own, going to a personal trainer, doing something else that would be different from your gym. Whereas if you're not staying curious, you're not staying open with the members, you're assuming that relationship you had three years ago is the same relationship you had today and it's not. Yeah, that goes into the broader spectrum of we're still one community, we're still one human race. Like you don't want to just say, if you can't be here, then we're done. You still want to have that relationship to where they can always look back and always like have good memories or still be able to trust you and not think like, oh, just because they did this, you know, CrossFit's bad. So mm -hmm. it really comes down to what what's the kind of person you want to be? How do you want to show up and how do you want to be remembered? And then being okay to say, okay, time to move on, but in the best possible way. Yeah. Why, like, why do you have a gym? Why do you coach in the first place? It's not to specifically have this exact person at your gym it's because you want to help people transform their lives and if this person has made positive change with you and they can continue to make positive change elsewhere there's nothing wrong with that yeah it can be a great thing exactly and unfortunately it's not our job to make everyone happy you still have to make those harder decisions but as long as you can still be your 100 percent effort most genuine self and taking these steps, like go and talk to someone who you've never talked to before. It's just a growing experience as a person, but that's how we can shut down the stories and just really grow and let others grow with us as well. Awesome. Let's wrap up there. Thanks for joining us. Spend some time with those members that you don't want to spend time with. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. Before I let you go, I have two quick favors to ask. Number one is we have a brand new Facebook group for coaches out there, or if you're a gym owner, you can send your coaches to that group, and that is the Rockstar Coaching Group. This is gonna be a great place for you to see videos and content that I don't post on podcasts or YouTube, so exclusive content and conversations where you can ask questions and get feedback from some of the best coaches in our industry. So if you want to join that group, head over to facebook.com slash groups slash rockstar coach and the number seven. Again, that's facebook.com slash groups slash rockstar coach and the number seven. And then my second favor to ask is if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. It really helps us expand our reach and personally just adds a lot of motivation and inspiration for me to put out more content for you guys. So appreciate you guys for doing this and thanks again for listening.